We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We have a new player ranking system we'll be talking about on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz. I am very excited to talk about the new ranking system that we're using for our dynasty rankings on this episode, Curtis. I also want to mention that if you go and visit the site, our rankings now work a little bit differently in that. We have one place where you go to for redraft rankings and one place you go to for dynasty rankings. And then you can use a toggle menu that will let you move back and forth between all of our different sets for redraft. We have standard PPR scoring type of league, um, a PPR tight end premium ranking set, then one that's going to be super flex tight end premium. Uh, so we hope that this covers the overwhelming majority of leagues that you could be in. And then we actually have matching sets for our dynasty leagues. Uh, let's not dive into that yet, but Curtis, I, I know that you're probably pretty excited about that too. So why don't you just quickly share your enthusiasm while I get a couple things ready for us here. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. It answers so many, j- just by even looking at the, the way we've done our rankings now, it answers so many questions for, our subscribers uh, that used to actually have to be, you know, written out by them. Um, but now, you know, we describe what is in this ranking set, uh, what our approach was, and you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, give it away at the top of the episode here. But uh, this is the type of thing that we've we've been kind of hemming and hawing around for the last two years or so, uh, and got pretty serious about changing um, things last summer and didn't really get to it. But we knew we wanted to incorporate some information about trade values for players and have a different approach to building our tiers last summer. Um, but we, Mike Beers was just doing so many things uh, and, and you and Blair that we just couldn't get around to it. And to be able to prioritize it for this year, is just really, really exciting. And we're still kind of, I think, learning the process. Um, but as we dive into it, you know, later in the episode, it'll just be really interesting to, to illustrate some of the differences in our approaches, uh, especially head to head. 
and then you know kind of cross check each other on uh, how we're approaching some of these players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm pretty pumped too that I was able to uh, actually get these uh, tools updated and working for it, and I'm still incorporating the really nifty uh, little draft grids that Mike Beers had set up for us, where you can actually look at the rankings in like a draft grid format which is just really, really cool. But before we talk about that too much, Curtis, let's do a quick price check. All right. We're going to be looking at veteran wide receiver, Robbie Anderson, currently with the Carolina Panthers, 28 years old, will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Looking at Robbie Anderson's value from a dynasty perspective, Let's get your quick opinion of what you think his value looks like as of today. I mean, he's the type of player that if he's on your roster, you're kind of thankful for it, um, that you already own him and you don't have to prioritize him. Um, but you mentioned you know, he's going to be a UFA at the end of the season. Um, he showed up pretty well in like end of season PPR rankings um, a couple times the past uh, four seasons, um, two top 24 finishes, which is great. But when you actually break it down to his PPR per game, um, 2020 is his best season of his career, over 14 PPR per game. Um, but then, you know, it's really kind of that fungible level of wide receiver uh, production uh, in other seasons, you know, 10, 11, 12 PPR per game. Um, you can, uh, I would argue, you could almost even stream yourself um, to that uh, with with some players in Dynasty. Um, and, you know, it's just not, it's not league winning, you know, type stuff. And so for a player that's mid-prime, and he's going to be leaving the offense. I, I mean, I think there's like, what, a 5% chance he's back in Carolina after the season. The team drafted Terrace Marshall, who had a previous relationship with Joe Brady. Um, and they're going to, I mean, I don't know. I'm not like a long-term Sam Darnold believer. Maybe they can, maybe he really is broken. Uh, and he's truly a bust and, and Carolina can salvage him. And if that's the case, perhaps they will be able to prioritize signing Robbie Anderson. Um, but, but I'm of the belief that the team will probably, uh, have to pursue another alternative at quarterback and perhaps, uh, could even pursue Deshaun Watson. There's still a lot of smoke circling around that. Um, and we'll have to see how that plays out, but I just don't think they're going to be able to prioritize Robbie Anderson and, you know, that, that future wide receiver three spot probably gets filled by, you know, another, uh, drafted player at some point. So Robbie will get paid by another team, have to be incorporated into another offense, and he's at that level of receiver that I, I just think there's a lot of players that can give you this type of production. And I would rather have a younger player that could achieve more uh, upside in their career at this point. Um, Robbie has already outperformed expectations by, um, I mean, how many you know factors uh, since entering the league? No one would have expected this type of career for him. Um, and that's awesome. Like, good player, got nothing against him. Uh, not a lot of value in Dynasty for me. I mean, I'd, I I would be pretty willing to trade him for, uh, you know, like a, a second round pick in a in a super flex format, and you know maybe like a two and a three in a one QB PPR format. Um, but I just don't think there's much of a market for a player like this either, unless it's you know a a Carolina Panthers fan um, or somebody who just randomly wants to stack you know the Panthers offense. So uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you have a different take here. Um, are you a closet Robbie Anderson fan? Is he a buy or are you pretty much on the same page as me? Well, I, I do consider myself a Robbie Anderson fan. Um, 
because back in 2017, I had a decent feeling about Robbie Anderson, and then he finished as the wide receiver 23. Oh. Step forward, though, to the 2021 season. And when I think about Robbie Anderson, it's hard for me to picture him being a better than wide receiver 30 type receiver. Um, we'll be going into his sixth year in the league. And if I'm already at that point where, like you said, he's almost getting into that fairly replaceable territory, it's very hard for me to anticipate him landing in another situation that allows him to beat that wide receiver 30 type of range, um, which he's kind of approaching that point where, you know, receivers, many of them stop producing like they have been. So as I look forward, it's very hard to get excited about Anderson. Um, you're going to get some production, but nothing too crazy. Uh, so he's definitely not a player that I would put a high price tag on at this point. Um, you know, so I, I think I'm, I'm pretty on page with you there. Uh, but people will be even able to get an even better understanding of exactly where we are on Robbie Anderson, which we'll break down in a little bit. But first, I am very excited, Curtis, because we received a listener question about a trade that I thought fit well into what we're going to be talking about this episode. So let's quickly take a listen, then we'll break it down. Hey, this is Adam S. Uh, I'm calling because I have a trade that's been offered to me that I just, it's very difficult for me to understand what I should do here. So it's uh, Trey Lance and uh, 2022nd and Jimmy Garoppolo. For my Daniel Jones, Austin Eckler, and George Kittle. So my team has I've traded a lot of assets currently for future picks. So I'm I'm definitely solidly into the rebuilding. Um, but I just want to get your guys' opinion on how much do you have to pay for a premium? How much how much premium do you have to pay for a quarterback? Um, but yeah, just let me know. Thanks. And, well, actually, what's your guys' opinion about uh, Trey Lance as well? All right. Thanks, guys. See you. So, quick overview there of the question. Um, Adam is kind of contemplating what to do with this trade. Um, he could receive kind of a, a, the package of Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. So, you're kind of getting the 49ers quarterback and a 20 22 second rounder, but he would have to give up Daniel Jones, Austin Eckler and George Kittle. Uh, so this really boils down to uh, at the heart of it, how you value quarterbacks in a super flex league. I don't know if he said super flex, but I think we have to assume this is a super flex league. Uh, so Curtis, I'll let you kind of run away with this first and then I'll, I'll chime in. Yeah, um, this is this is pretty tricky, but um, you know, I, I would probably lean towards standing pat here. Um, I, I do believe that Trey Lance has a ton of upside in the league, um, and you know, I, I think there was a lot of ex going to be a lot of excitement about whichever rookie quarterback landed with Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of narrative around that, and then we've also seen you know a, a number of different quarterbacks be you know reasonably productive. Uh, even after, you know, he stopped working with what I think back in the day it would have been uh, potentially Kirk Cousins back in Washington and then, you know, eventually Matt Ryan for uh, several years in Atlanta. 
Um, and then, you know, he's made Nick Mullins fantasy relevant um, in, in recent seasons. So lots of excitement if you give him the talent um, to be able to do something. But, you know, Daniel Jones is going to get at least one more full season um, and he's going to have the best weapons he's ever had of his uh, career. Um, I'm not sure he's ever going to be a top tier uh, fantasy quarterback, but when you give him uh, Kenny Galladay and when you give him Kadarius Tony and Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph and you get Saquon Barkley back, uh, he's he's set up pretty good. I mean, he's not going to have any more excuses, but he's going to get 16 games this year, provided he stays healthy. And, and then you talk about George Kittle, who in a tight end premium format, uh, most people would have him as a top 30 pick, certainly. And and here at Rotoviz, we typically value him as a you know end of round two startup value. And then Austin Eckler, who I think is really going to be headed for, uh, you know, there's at least within the range of outcomes that uh, he is headed for a career season, now getting to work with Joe Lombardi, uh, who famously has driven like 81 receptions exactly on the head to uh, Alvin Kamara every year. Um, you know, there's reasons maybe maybe to doubt that in the context of the Chargers offense and the regime changes, um, and perhaps will be a different approach. Um, but lots of reasons to like Austin Eckler in the short term. So there's just lots of different ways to win with those players. Whereas making this deal, you're going all in that Kyle Shanahan is going to turn Trey Lance into a true superstar. Anything short of him being like a top six quarterback, you're going to feel sick to your stomach about uh, making this deal. Um, so I, I would stand pat. Uh, my thoughts on Trey Lance are excited about the player. I think you probably have to select him, you know, and and at this point in round three, round four uh, of a startup, if you want to have a prayer uh, of actually landing him. Um, and I think there's a good chance he pays that off. But again, that's an unknown. He hasn't played football basically in over a year. He's super young. And um, there's just, there's just more ways to win on the other side of the deal. So that's the way I see it. Um, Dave, any rebuttal, and then we can talk a little bit about how we've got him valued in our new dynasty ranking set, and then also, you know, kind of reference our Rotoviz Triflex ADP and see, you know, what the individual player tracking uh, says about all the players in this deal. Yeah, so I'm not far off from you at all. My opinion on Trey Lance is that there is the potential for him to be a fantasy QB one. It is very hard to feel good about predicting what we can expect from Trey Lance just because we have not seen enough of him playing at a high level, and it's always hard to know how a quarterback is going to make that transition. Uh, as a result of that, it is possible that what Daniel Jones strings together over the next three seasons is pretty close to what you get out of Trey Lance or that Garoppolo-Trey Lance pairing I am focusing on the fact that George Kittle is a rare type of fantasy player to have on your team out of that tight end position. Uh, I also have to say that when I projected the Chargers this year, I was not expecting that Austin Eckler would end up as one of my strongest performing running backs. I still have about a dozen teams left to do, but I was floored when I finished my projection for the Chargers and went and looked at how strongly Austin Eckler projects in 2021. So 
I I definitely think that um, this is one where I'm going to stand pat. I understand the desire to go out and get that quarterback, but there's a fair amount of uncertainty here, and I do think that you are giving a lot to go out and get that quarterback when you have a player in Daniel Jones that's not completely written off. And then the other thing is, too, yes, you have that second-round 2022 pick, but then that puts a lot of... If you make this move, there's a lot of pressure to make that 2020 to second round pick hit. So I think for me, I would probably stand pat. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, so now let's let's consult the tools and see how you know close we are on some of this stuff. So Train Lance... Um, you know, I mentioned being, you know, kind of in that third, fourth round range over the last month. Um, he's now crept into the the back end of the second um, on average. Um, his ADP, you know, since uh, the, the year began still sits at 35.8. Uh, but the trends are, you know, he's trending towards a late second. And he's actually only one pick away from George Kittle and startups in rid of his Triflex leagues. So what essentially this trade you would be doing, Adam, is um, giving away Austin Eckler and Daniel Jones in the deal. Um, because, you know, by, by ADP anyway, Trey Lance and George Kittle straight up appears to be fairly even, uh, in the context of a startup, uh, ADP perspective, Austin Eckler, uh, uh, late fourth round startup pick Daniel Jones, um, going in the, uh, early eighth round. It, it's just, it's just too rich. It's, it's just much too rich. Now, Dave, let's get into how we're valuing, um, yep. Trey Lance and George Kittle and and um, our new dynasty ranking set and see how closely that pairs with uh, dynasty ADP. So Dave and Sean Siegel and I um, kicked around, you know, kind of the, I guess the the cloud level, 50,000 foot level for how we want to approach this. And then um, Dave came up with a great model. And then Dave and I um, kind of refined it a little bit to end up with the value system um, that we ended up rolling out. And so instead of just comparing a player and creating you know, basically a straight line set of rankings um, and then, um, you know, assigning an arbitrary zero to 100 value to a player, which is what we did uh, in the past um, to create some tiers. We blew up the entire model. And now what we're doing uh, to create our rankings is saying, how many rookie picks do we think a player is worth? And um, we kind of walk that out um, rounds one through five. And we've also um, changed the value kind of dynamically through those rounds um, to create different ways to value players. So uh, for example, a round one, 
uh, and we're assuming just like random round pick. So you would assume like a mid first round pick here. We're giving a value of one point. A round two pick is a value of 0.4 points. So in other words, we're saying that a round one pick is basically two and a half times as valuable as a round two pick, which I think that makes sense. Like just even from a, a, a trade perspective, you would probably need three seconds to give up a random first. Like most people, unless you knew the seconds were early, you're probably not going to trade a first for two seconds. Um, kind of the same approach um, we're taking with those round three picks, um, but adjusting downward a little bit. Round three picks are worth uh, 0.2 points. Uh, round four pick, 0.05 points. And round uh, five is basically just kind of a tiebreaker icing type thing with 0.01 points available. So kind of uh, going through the exercise here. Um, I gave Trey Lance a value of 2.4, which is basically uh, two firsts and a second. And Dave, you gave him a 2.43, so um, really close. And we're, you know, we're doing this uh, blindly from each other's ranking sets. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, he comes out averaged uh, between our two sets as the number 30 overall player. So I guess we're just a little behind uh, where he's at in ADP in terms of where we would value Trey Lance in a startup today. And we both got George Kittle uh, just a, a little above. I've got George and Trey actually dead even, both out of 2.4. And you've got George Kittle out of 2.6, which would be two first, a second, and a third. Um, so I just I just really like this because as people learn the way we're approaching rankings now, the way we're ranking um, gives more information about just who which player we prefer. It actually shows like from a value, like a value that people would ag typically ag agree on or understand the value of future draft picks. Um, it answers some questions uh, there just in the in the uh, table. Um, so, you know, what are your thoughts on this process? And uh, do you feel comfortable with it yet? How could you see us maybe tweaking that? Uh, or what have you learned about how you value some players that might have surprised you? Yeah, so I thought it was a really cool process to work through. And it makes the rankings... Uh, or the way that we're communicating our opinion on these players much more tangible than any of the systems that we've used before. Um, because I like the fact that you're able to draw a much more cemented or, you know, a, there's a concrete anchor, if you will, that you're using to compare players against. So I really liked an and it's made me think a little bit differently about certain players. Uh, you know, for example, if you're doing rankings, you might start to think about like your RB9 and your RB11 kind of in the same range. And you get offered a trade and it might be the RB11 and you're thinking about, you know, that player that you had as the RB9. And you're like, all right, well, they're not really that far off. This is similar to if they you were offering me player X. But when you start looking at the trade values, you can definitely see that there's going to be points where you're valuing those players very differently. And it makes it an easy way to see tier breaks. Uh, so I've really liked doing this process. It was also cool, I think, to kind of do them independently and then see where you come out on players. Uh, so like for me here, right, like Kittle, we're pretty close. Point out that it's a tight end premium league, so I'm a touch above. Um, but I'm just thinking about if I'm a user of the site and I can go in and I can see where you have a guy, where I have a guy, Blair and Sean, you know, when we all have our different sets in there, it's just going to give them a really cool way 
to think about how they're going to process that trade. I guess the one thing I would say to users is, you know, there'll probably be a little bit of a refinement process, especially as we start to approach the season. But if you're going in and you're looking at these, Remember, you still have to think about the context of your draft. Don't just look and be like, if Curtis has a 2.4 for this player, I absolutely can't make this deal or I absolutely have to. There's still going to be some context to it. Yeah, I think that's a great way of running it down. Um, and as much as we agree on some players, uh, it's, this is also a way for us to talk more um, to, to better illustrate the differences in, in our opinions on players from a trade value perspective instead of the old zero to 100 uh, format that we had. Like if I had a 97 on a player and you had an 89, well, what, like, what does that difference of eight actually yep. represent? However, now if you've got a 3.4 on a player and I've got a three, we know that that difference basically represents a second round pick. Uh, and that's pretty cool. Like it, you know, I, I liked your, your term of, uh, you know, putting some concrete or, you know, an anchor uh, in the value there it makes a lot of sense. And so um, you, you pulled some great screen grabs here uh, just from like our, you know, our top, you know, couple of rounds worth of players here. Uh, I think we're both several hundred players deep and we'll continue to refine, but these top couple of rounds are the ones where really you've got to get it right because there's, a, you know, the, there's the, the tier breaks um, are more material in terms of the value differences. And, um, you, you know, these are also where dynasty leagues are, are one and uh, in, in getting the values and the trades in this area correct. So looking at Christian McCaffrey, for example, um, we're looking at a super flex tight end premium format. Um, you know, we've got a difference of a second rounder. I've got a, a value of three first and you've got a value of three first and a second. Um, and th that might just be, you know, a difference in us, how cemented we feel that he's going to be the overall 101, uh, you know, value player from like a value over replacement perspective uh, in this single season that's coming up. Um, or it might be that, you know, I value him at three first, but you're like, yeah, I value him at three first too. But unless you give me the second, I'm not moving him. Um, a player that we have a bigger difference on that yep. maybe we should talk about a little bit, um, just strategically, Justin Jefferson. And we're almost like a whole first round pick apart on him. You've got a 3.4 and I've got a 2.6. So um, walk me through a little bit um, the, the rationale, because that's a that's such a lofty price for a wide receiver in a format like this. But, I, you know, he's also one of the most exciting, young, um, productive, you know, receivers we've seen in our league in quite some time. Yeah. So as I think about Justin Jefferson, and this is one where <laughs> when you finish and you look at the number, it feels kind of uncomfortably high. But I wasn't going to back off of it uh, just because it felt a little bit uncomfortable. Like to me, I really think that Jefferson commands such a high price value because we've seen a situation where we have a player so young with so much ahead of him universally propel himself up to this territory that he's in now. And I think if I look at what my personal expectations are, I expect him to be a top five wide receiver in the league for a number of years. I mean, I don't think that saying the next five or six seasons, we could see him as a fantasy top 10 wide receiver is really feeling like that much of a stretch right now. And then you consider the fact that a lot of people are privy to the fact that you have this very special, very young player. I feel like that really thrusts his value upward. Um, and why does he get to a range where I'm valuing him the same as Christian McCaffrey? It's because the total return that you're going to get from that player into your team 
in the long term, which I think you can expect a fairly long term view right now for Jefferson, I think brings him onto that equal playing field with McCaffrey. That said, if Sean set comes in and Blair set come in and I realize that nobody else is at three, I might say, all right, I'm reading the market a little bit incorrectly. So this is where I get when I think about how good I think he's going to be. And when I think about the kind of cachet that he has right now with a lot of the dynasty, but, but I should say, I guess most of the dynasty leagues that I'm in tend to be with other players that really covet the top level wide receivers. So that might kind of push me a little bit higher than you. If you play with more people that are focused more so on those running backs and quarterbacks. Yeah, that those are, those are really great points um, about feeling good about him kind of repeating the performances. And then, you know, this is where it comes into the value instead of just that straight, straight line, um, straight line rankings process that we used before. Um, three first for Jefferson, you might view as fair, but you need a little bit more to move on from him. I gave him a 2.6. Um, and, and the reason is it, I basically don't think that in super flex tight end premium, I don't think any receiver, uh, at least in, in all the years that I've played, um, I can't recall ever thinking that a receiver was worth potentially a, a you know, a quarterback, a running back and a receiver. Like if I put in the context and you start yep. putting names in, like everyone would put different names in, in this draft yep. class. Right. So, you know, the mid firsts, uh, that we're, we're using in this illustration, you know, for you, that mid first might represent Justin Fields and, um, uh, you know, Devonte Smith and Kyle Pitts or something like that. Um, for, to somebody else, it could have, you know, meant different players this year, but that's the beauty of assigning, you know, um, a, a rookie pick value instead of a player to it, because, you know, kind of the values in the eye of the beholder situation. But when I start to drop the names that I would identify, like in this most recent draft class, um, or net or even better next year's draft class, uh, for Justin Jefferson. And it's just, you know, okay, we've only got one season of data. The season of data is awesome. Um, but I don't view Kirk Cousins in the vein that I view Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen or, you know, I don't think that the, the, the Vikings offense is so great that we can assume um, really anyone other than Dalvin Cook when healthy to, you know, give us the same types of performances. A lot of Jefferson's uh, performances came and, you know, he had a couple of just really otherworldly games um, last season. And so what happens if he just doesn't get those, you know, 200 yard performances and falls back down a little bit to earth in year two, uh, will people perceive his value differently? Um, you know, th there's some room for, uh, adjustment, um, instead of, you know, thinking that he's going to continue to, you know, post 1400 plus yards every season and be the next Julio Jones. Um, I, I just, I have a little bit of that, um, trepidation around giving him that type of value. So my most valuable wide receiver in this process probably ever will be at that exactly three first round picks. And I've got uh, Tyree kill there and I've got Stefan Diggs there. Cause I've, I just know more about them at this point, in their careers, I believe a little bit more in their offenses, believe a little bit more in their quarterbacks, those situations, even though they're older than Justin Jefferson uh, feel much better about them, you know, kind of being able to be, you know, top six wide receivers year in year out uh, at this point. So I've got, Jefferson in that next tier below them, uh, value wise, and, you know, just a, a second below them in terms of what I would, uh, demand in a trade or assign from a value perspective. So lots to really unpack here. 
um, it's probably fun to listen to us talk about this and this excitement, but it's also something you kind of have to just see and try. Uh, so if you're Rotovis sub and you haven't checked out the rankings in the last week or two since these changes have been made, um, head over to the site and uh, you know you can find it just under the Dynasty Rankings tab, as Dave mentioned at the top of the segment. Click on that and you can toggle down through that we've been talking about the Superflex Plus Tight End Premium set. Um, and if you're not a Rotovis sub, head to rotovis.com <laughs> and uh, subscribe we're the only people that i know that are doing rankings in this way um you know i know that there's other sites that have dynasty trade calculators or you know value tools and certainly there are you know infinite sites that have dynasty rankings but to incorporate them together um i think is a little bit innovative and i think that um, this is a good approach provides a lot of information and will encourage you i mean if you're if you're an avid dynasty player especially playing over a portfolio or you know doing some startups those types of things, I mean, this is worth the price of admission to our site uh, on its own, let alone the other good tools and the articles that you get. I, uh, I plan to run down um, the rationale behind doing rankings in this way uh, in a little bit deeper format on an upcoming Dynasty Command Center podcast and also an article form um, because I think the article form really will help us to illustrate this even better. So um, anything else that you would say in summation of uh, the new design here, Dave? No, I think that you hit all of the points uh very very well in fact this is such like an intriguing thing that i actually wanted to even dig in more to that jefferson uh debate there a little bit more so there's actually a question that i'm gonna save on that but um i do think that like you know i i just agree like this is one of those things you got to go digest it um and kind of get a sense of, of why this is going to be useful to you. If you're a listener that's already a RotoViz sub, definitely check it out. And I think the final point I'll give that I like about the way it's going to work is that you, Blair, Sean, and myself, we all approach it a little bit differently. Of course, you know, there's underpinnings of that evidence-based type of analysis that we do, but I think it's kind of a an interesting set of people to have going in. And then when you look at that average, it's going to be a very good uh, barometer of where, you know, a group of people that I'd like to think know what they're doing are going to fall out on these players. So we will be talking about that more as time progresses. Thanks for checking in and we will be back on Friday. Thanks for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at RotoVizFFShow at gmail.com. Visit RotoViz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener-only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.